Hello, and welcome to the Thoughtful Realtor Podcast. I'm your host, Kenny Gong. This is a show where we talk with realtors and other real estate experts about their insights into our profession while hearing some of their most personal stories and practical tools for success. Today, I am so happy to be in conversation with Sarah Desamores from Miami, Florida. Sarah has such exuberance. We talk about her origins in Montreal, all about motherhood and being a realtor mom. We get into her strengths bridging different cultures and even get to hear about her experience with social media, which began years before social media became what it is today. So stay tuned. Hello, Sarah. Welcome, welcome uh, to the Thoughtful Realtor podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. And we're super excited for this conversation. So I wanted to start at the beginning. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about your origin story. I'm born and raised in Montreal, Canada. My parents are Haitian. So I grew up Caribbean, but in a French Canadian state. So I grew up in Montreal. My dad is an accountant, but, you know, very young in his 20s, he got into real estate investing. Yeah. So although both of my parents worked, you know, I really grew up with investment properties all around me, right? Like the purchase, mm-hmm. the management, it's totally different in Canada. Yeah. Uh, your ROI is much lower than in the mm-hmm. U.S. But still, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a different process. I just grew up with that. It's not something that I particularly liked. But I was very involved, right? So fast forward a couple of years later, when I was in college, I got a really good job at the bank uh, that was part-time. So I was working in the underwriting department of the, mm-hmm. the mortgage department, right? Yeah. So my job was just to answer the phone and to, to assist the branches and to assist the mortgage brokers on loans, right? So that was my part-time again in college and I was studying marketing. So Again, fast forward, when I graduated college and just before my graduation, I really wanted to work in marketing. Marketing is really my thing. That's my Mm -hmm. personality. It's what I love doing. But at the time in Canada, the marketing jobs that they were offering me, I'm like, there's no way that I'm taking a job that I'm making less money than I'm making part time, you know, working Mm -hmm. uh, in mortgages. So I ended up accepting a job as a mortgage broker at a branch. Uh Uh-huh. So my background is really in mortgages. And I'm like, you know what? What's cool about mortgages is that there is some marketing in it. You do have to market to other people. You have to, when you work for a branch, you have to sell other products. When people come to sign for for the loan, you know, we can sell them credit cards or bank accounts, whatever it is, mutual funds. So for me, it was kind of like the best of both worlds, you know, marketing and finance. And then um, I, a couple of years after that, I ended up moving to Miami. Because my ex-boyfriend at the time, he, he was living in Miami and we have mm-hmm. a beautiful daughter. Uh-huh. So I left everything in Canada. Again, like I, my whole life I was there. I knew everyone. I never had to prospect. I never, I never even put on Facebook that I was a mortgage yeah. broker and I was still yeah. getting clients. Like that's how mm-hmm. crazy it was. Right. My Facebook had nothing that was work related, nothing. Mm -hmm. And I was getting clients left and right. So coming to Miami, it was such a culture shock because I did not have one friend. I did not have one connection. I really moved here like empty handed. Right. Mm -hmm. So wanting to go back into the mortgage sphere, I saw that it was totally different than Canada and that in the U.S. mortgage brokers are more. Well, I guess maybe not everywhere in the U.S., but at least I know in Florida, um, they only paid 
commission on the loan amount. Whereas in Canada, I had like a base salary plus commission. So I was like, if I'm going to be paid a commission, I'm going to become a realtor, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Instead of like just getting paid on the loan amount. I'm like, there's no way that I'm doing this. Right. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I said, listen, let me try real estate. And at the time I I had become a single mom. So I was a little bit more desperate than maybe Mm -hmm. anyone in terms of hustling. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know what, let me do take a year and I had some savings. I'm like, let me become a realtor and really go full time. Yeah. Just like go all in, you know, and I called, you know, all of my clients in Canada, they were all realtors. So I called them and I'm like, what should I do? They all told me go full time and get into coaching from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I literally dived into real estate full time again, not knowing one person, not having one potential client. Literally, like, just I, I knew nothing. So I just mm-hmm. went into it. New country, new city. And Miami's like a country of its own, basically. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's not just a city. It's totally different. And I really, really, really hustled. I learned how to cold call. I would go to every networking event you could imagine. Well, the ones I could go to. Yeah. Because I could only do it during the day. I would pick up the phone, just follow up with people. I really went hard. And I've never stopped since. So mm. it's been five years now. I love it. Oh my gosh. That single mom hustle. Yes, it is. And not just the single mom hustle, but also like I was doing well in Canada, like for myself. And I kind of want to continue that lifestyle. And I don't, I yeah. don't want to, you know, I don't want to go back working for corporate because it's not the same in the U.S. compared to Canada. You know, in Canada, you have healthcare. Everything is great. You know, everything. Healthcare is free. You get one year maternity leave. Here, you go to work for corporate, you don't get any of that. Yeah, yeah. So I said, if anything, with my daughter, it gives me more flexibility. You know, if her daycare calls me and she's sick, no one's going to tell me, well, you're going to have to use your sick days for that, right? So Mm -hmm. it was a career that gave me the the flexibility to do whatever I want. And I also like the fact that, you know, you can be as successful as the effort you put in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. How did being from Montreal shape the way that you see the world or does it shape the way that you see the world? Oh my God. That's such a good question. (laughs) (laughs) So growing up in Montreal, it's such a multicultural um, city Mm -hmm. and it's a very multicultural state. So I grew up going to schools and it's not whether it's public or private, every single one of your friend is a different nationality from the other. Hmm. You'll have one Indian friend, one Vietnamese friend, a Chinese friend in the same group. Yeah. And even when you grow up, like, you know, the weddings I go to, a lot of the weddings are multicultural. Right. The last wedding I went to, I have a cousin who married a Vietnamese girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what that did is that it really gave me an open mind. It made me open minded to other cultures. I understand yeah. a lot of the other cultures. I understand how they function, how they operate, how they think, why yeah. they think the way they think. And also it just it just gave me a a bigger perspective and a better perspective on the world as a whole. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. moving to Miami, moving to Florida, it's totally different here. You know, I like I just yeah. in my experience, I find that the nationalities like will hang out together more. Right. Yeah. You'll have like a group of the Haitians and a group of the Cubans and a group of the right. Venezuelans. And for me, I'm able to blend into these groups very easily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm not the same nationality. Yeah. And also what yeah. it did to me is that the work ethic in Canada is out of this world. And Americans know, you know, whenever we talk about Canadians, they're like, oh, Canadians are so nice, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> so the work ethic and the customer service in Canada, the way they teach you how to operate is extremely strict and extremely mm -hmm. customer service based. My first mm -hmm. job was at KFC. So mm -hmm. even at KFC, you would get mystery clients. Yeah. Right. So I brought that work ethic to Miami and Miami, unfortunately, the real estate market, it's known for having like flaky realtors, uh -huh. realtors who are not serious or who are not professional. And I feel like, especially at the beginning, that's really what set me apart and what right. brought me clients very quickly. Mm -hmm. yeah. Just the work yeah. ethic and the focus on customer service. Yeah. Yeah. It's an amazing thing how um, simple in many ways, not easy, but how simple doing a good job in real estate is. It's just like how it's how do you provide amazing, amazing service? Because a lot of times, especially probably in years past and in, you know, in certain markets. Yeah. Amazing service is not a baseline. <laughs> and that's what it sounds like it was in Miami. No, but it was crazy to me. I mean, I had people that were like, even to this day, I have people that are absolutely like ready to fall on the floor fainting because they can't believe that I told them, oh, listen, I'm so like, let's say they call me and I ignore the call and I text mm -hmm. them to tell them, hey, I'll, I'm on a call right now. I'll call you right back. People are like fainting. They're like, oh, my God, I've never had anyone do this to me. Like for me, these things are very basic, right? Right. Right. Absolutely. Or even saying things like, listen, I don't know the answer to your question. Let me find out and come back mm -hmm. to you. Th those are just very basic customer service things that make the experience so much better for buyers and sellers. But for me, they're basic. But I guess for some people, it's not. It's mm -hmm. like going out of their way. So, yeah, I mean, giving good service for me is more important than numbers. Yeah. And that it's all rooted from, you know, from how you grew up from how yeah. you grew up in Montreal and um, being able to adapt to other cultures and to other people. It's all from who you are, from how you grew up. Exactly. I agree. And, you know, I'm very grateful again for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in addition to geography, I also know that language tends to shape how you view the world. So I'm wondering if, if your French has, has shaped the worldview that you have at all. I mean, yeah, it, oh, it's interesting. So I never knew that I had an accent when I spoke English, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I never knew that. So I, in Canada, everyone has an accent. Right. Whether they speak, well, not everyone, but a lot of people have accents because they're from, they're Indian, they're coming from a different country. Like a lot yeah. of people speak a different language in French or English at home. Mm -hmm. So I'm so, I was so used to hearing accents and I found that my English, and I actually write very well in English because in Canada, in Montreal, in the state of Quebec, you have to start English classes since elementary. So you, you learn about English, but it's mostly French, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the English you learn is very proper. Mm, yeah. It's very, it's like you're, you read books and it's a very, even when you speak in Canadians, when you hear them speak, the English is very clean, right? Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, but I never knew I had an accent until I moved here, right? Uh -huh. So... <laughs> What, what I found cool about the language thing is that it's a conversation starter yeah. for people. You uh -huh. know, they'll say, hey, you have an accent, you know, where are you from? And then I tell them, hey, you know, I'm from Canada, I speak French. And it's opened up a lot of doors for me as well because, yeah. you know, I've had referrals for, for clients and even for rentals, whatever it is, or even other realtors that wanted to connect with me from all around the world because of the French. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think it's been it, it's been a, a cool thing, but at the same time, when people are like, "Oh, you have an accent," I'm like, "Yeah, maybe I do have an accent, but I I, I'm, I write pretty well. Like I'm not making any spelling mistakes ever. Right? right? So <laughs> it doesn't really matter if I have an accent because you know that was another culture shock here. I'm like, oh my god, like there's a lot of spelling mistakes here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. What is it about Miami that you love? Oh my god, so. I'm going to be honest. At first, I struggled. Yeah. Um, the first, I would say the first six months to a year, I was very culture shocked because, you know, mm-hmm. Miami is, like I said before, kind of like its own country. Yeah. You go to places in Miami and if you don't speak Spanish, you can't operate. Yeah. And, you know, the way people drive, my parents refer them from the Caribbean. Sometimes I feel like I'm in the Caribbean, <laughs> right? So... At first, it was like a culture shock. But then when you stay there and when you realize that it is a melting pot and that people love coming to Miami and that it's such a beautiful city. It's historic. It's the beach. You can go to the beach anytime. I can say today, you know, you know what? I'm bored. Let me just go to the beach. You can go. And what I also like is that everyone that I love, my friends, my family, they always love coming here. I don't think it would have been the same like if I lived maybe in Oklahoma or like, you know, like another state. But I always, always, always have people who stop by or who want to come visit just because they love Florida. They love the the warm weather. They love the beach. They love the, the Latin culture and the dancing and the music. It's a very fun city to be in. And for real mm-hmm. estate, it's amazing. I don't think I would have been as successful had I been in Montreal because mm-hmm. in Miami, more than 50% of my clients are from out of state or out of the country because people are buying a lot of second homes here. So right. the opportunities here for real estate are amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you had talked about um, sort of your culture, your adaptability to cultures and your accent and <laughs> being from, from Montreal really impacting how you came up as a realtor in Miami specifically. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering also how you think being black and also Haitian impacted how you came up as a realtor? Oh, wow. That's really, and you know, it's super interesting in Miami is that the, um, there's a huge Haitian community here Mm -hmm. and in Montreal also, there's so many Haitian people that even my non-Haitian friends know Haitian words, like no Creole words. Yeah. Uh So I feel like, what I'm trying to do, and I'm, I may touch a subject that's a little bit touchy, but Please. I realize that there's more, unfortunately, more racism here than in yeah. Canada. Yeah. So, you know, when I said that I was culture shocked, I never first like experienced racism firsthanded yeah. or in, in a mean way in Canada yeah. ever in my life. You know, yeah. once in a while, you might hear someone say a comment when you're a kid or whatever, but nothing major, right? I never felt like I maybe didn't get a job or couldn't get a job or because I was black. I never mm-hmm. felt that way. And I, every time I wanted a job or worked hard for something, I got it, right? So mm-hmm. when I came here, I realized the difference. It, it's different, unfortunately. And it was shocking to me because there, I'm like, there's way more black people here, <laughs> you know? So I'm like, right. how the hell is this possible, you know, that yeah. for, for people to even be racist? Because for me, it's, a human's a human, Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the opportunity that it gave me is that so being Haitian, which is different than just being black American. Right. So Haitians like our culture and a lot of Caribbean people, there is a pride in like the country that you're from. Right. Mm-hmm. 
So when I came here and I noticed that there was more racism and that some people might say comments about some Haitian people or whatever it was, instead of letting it um, bother me, you know what I did? I decided to live in the neighborhoods where people are, are shocked to see me. Right. Mm-hmm. I want to make a change. I want people to realize that Haitians are just being black. It doesn't matter that it is a bias to assume that black people or Haitians or any Caribbeans don't make money or that they can be successful. I'm like, that's all untrue. And for me, in my opinion, that's maybe unpopular. I think that the way that we can change those perceptions is to live in areas where we weren't welcome before. Mm-hmm. So I made it a point to live in the the neighborhoods where there's not a lot of Haitians and I want to walk around and like, I will literally like wear like the flag around my bag (laughs) Mm -hmm. or in my car because I'm so proud to be black. I'm so proud to be Haitian. And I think we need more presence in different neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. So I, that's where I'm living. I live in Coral Gables now which is a really, really nice neighborhood. I lived there with my daughter and everyone knows me now. I used to live in another neighborhood called Pinecrest. So yeah. even in that neighborhood, I that was the first neighborhood that I farmed. I would go door knocking. I would cold call. I got my first million dollar listing there. I'm like, I am going to change things. And yeah. people need to realize that whoever has an ounce of racism that they're acting comp- like it doesn't make any sense at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah trying to change things in in my own way. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And it's all, you know, sometimes it takes individual people to mix things up and to take a stand and to speak your voice. Um, And so, you know, my my family is actually in real estate as well. My dad has has been a realtor for over 50 years in San Francisco. And it was a really amazing experience just to have a realtor as a parent um and so i'm curious to know and i want to dive into mamahood next and (laughs) i want to hear what you think about your daughter seeing her mama as a realtor and what comes to mind for you i think it's cool that you grew up with your dad as a realtor i'm sure you learned a lot yeah uh did i learn a lot about real estate i don't know about that But um, what I did learn was um, what it meant to have parents that were really present. And my, my dad was always there. He was able, because he had a flexible schedule, he was always there to pick me up or drop me off or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just very, very present for me. So that's what I learned primarily. So it's, you know, having the, the, pre- the present parenting, that was what I felt very guilty at first because I, as a single mom, you're really Mm -hmm. everywhere. You're left, you're right, you're up, you're down. You're, you know, I have to, and at the beginning I had no help because I had no family here. Now I do have some family here. So I do have some help. My sister came Uh down from Canada. My dad retired. He came back here. All Uh of that happened within the past two, three years, I would say, but at the beginning I had no help. So I had to take my daughter to showings as a baby. Mm-hmm. I had to sometimes, unfortunately, pick her up five minutes later than when the daycare closed, right? So mm-hmm. it sucked, but at the same time, I had to change the narrative, Yeah, right? Because at first, I had a victim mentality. Oh, my God, I'm a single mom. I have no time. I'm all over the place. This is difficult, etc. 
And I changed that narrative to I am blessed to have a job to not only provide for my daughter, mm-hmm. give her I can give her a roof over her head, I can afford her daycare, I can afford to get help, and also it's okay to get help. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the the whole okay to get help, that was something that was difficult for me at first because at first I thought I had to do everything, but then I almost burnt yeah. out. You know, I wasn't sleeping at night. Yeah. I was sleeping super late, waking up super early. That It wasn't the type of life that, that was good for me. You know, I had yeah. bags under my eyes. Mm-hmm. I looked horrible. I, I wasn't the best person I could be, you know. So getting help is something that is okay. Yeah, and, of course. You know, the daycare she went to when she was a baby, they were the most amazing people. I'm so grateful for them. But at the same time, I had to say I'm also grateful because if her if she gets a fever and they call me in the middle of the day i can go i can go pick her up spend the rest of the day with her yeah if one day we say listen you know what let me take a day off during the week which i still do i take like a a day off like in the middle of the week Mm -hmm. yep or half a day off because you know the weekends usually we're working i can just take a day and say hey like we're going to the beach right or we're going to the zoo or whatever it is and i have that flexibility so even up to now sometimes she comes with me to showings and everyone Uh is always like oh my god she's so well behaved um she's not you know she's so she's so nice and she's quiet i'm like yeah because she's been coming with me since she was (laughs) born right (laughs) she's had practice yeah so i think it's amazing that i'm showing her that i can work and the mm-hmm. importance of hard work. Mm-hmm. And I'm very open with her about that. You know, I'm open yeah. that, you know, mommy has to work and, you know, you, you really like ballet. Well, you know, I have to pay ballet. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> you love playing tennis. Like I have to work, you know, so that we can have a, 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 a comfortable life and you can we can do the things that we love doing. We can go travel to see your grandma. Right. So yeah, she's six, but she understands a lot. I want to ask you what you think what you think when you know that your daughter who was growing up in the states who was growing up in um, a country where racism is real where systemic racism is very very real um and for you to know that your daughter gets to see her mom a strong and entrepreneurial woman of color succeed and what comes to mind when you think about the power in in your daughter seeing you as a thriving woman of color in the U.S.? You know, that to me is probably one of my biggest goals in life is Mm -hmm. for her to witness that. Yeah. Because it maybe would have been easier in Canada, but the fact that it's different here, that sometimes it's difficult and that there's a lot of bias and that she can see that I never cared about it in fact, if some like when someone, you know, I've had some door knocking or whatnot that people see me and they're like, oh, well, you sound, you know, I, I, you know the way you sounded on the phone, you know, like so supposedly I look different than what I sounded. Right. Instead of letting all of these things stop me, they would just push me to do better and to mm-hmm. get the listing or to, oh, well, you know, you're surprised and I'm black. Let me show you that I will kill it and sell your house. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. For her to see that I can take obstacles and turn them into triumphs is the, the biggest thing for me. And I think it's also important for her to know that she's beautiful. She's only six, but she has already had a comment in school that, you know, her skin about her skin color. And I had to make her see affirmations in the morning 
mm-hmm. about her mm-hmm. skin color, that she's a beautiful black person and that her skin color is beautiful, etc. But I, I just think just in general, it's so important for me to raise a daughter who sees a thriving mom and not just work-wise, but also in terms of mental health. Mm. Mm-hmm. so that's something that you know you can have someone that has the best career ever but then at home they're miserable so I'm constantly working on my mental health I wake up earlier in the morning to spend time by myself because when I don't do that I'm not very nice during the day yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not in the best mood you know if I wake up late and I'm in a rush usually it sets the tone for my day so not just for me, but also for my daughter. It's so much better that I wake up early and read and have my coffee by myself. And then when she wakes up, I'm in a great mood, right? So all of these things are important to my mental health. And if I'm happy and I'm in a good mood, she'll be happy and in a good mood. Mm -hmm. That's how I see it. I love that. Um, Let's talk about social media. So you have a wonderful feed on Instagram. Thank you. And I'm curious to know what comes to mind when you think about social media and your place in it. When I started off in real estate, I didn't have a big budget for marketing or even for systems or for anything. And the only tool that I knew how to use was social media. So back in the days when I was in college, my internships were running the social media designers for Montreal Fashion Week. Mm-hmm. So imagine 2008 to 2009, I have to convince a bunch of designers that they have to get on Twitter. <laughs> it was very yeah. funny. They were like, what are you yeah. talking about? I'm like, listen, just give like, let's set up a, like, I'm like, I'll do it for you. And some of these designers now, their Twitter has like, hundreds of thousands of followers the twitters that Mm -hmm. i started so yeah back then i understood i'm like oh my god social media is crazy and it's free yeah the engagement that you get is out of this world and i saw what it did for those designers and the conversations that were started on twitter at the time and then you know when instagram came and facebook at the time you know facebook didn't have pages it was groups (laughs) Mm -hmm. so i saw the evolution of it and When it came down to my business, when I didn't have a budget, I said, well, social media is free. So what can I do there? Mm -hmm. So I started documenting my journey as a realtor. Mm -hmm. Whenever I would get my first listing appointment, I put it on Facebook and I shared everything with everyone. And social media is such a great way to connect with others. And right now, people love reality TV. Yeah. So I look at social media as your reality TV mm-hmm. of your life yeah. Yeah. where people can see, you know, the reality TV on television, it's edited. So social media is kind of like the edited-ish version of your life yeah. Yeah. where people can engage and people can, you can talk to, to others and past clients or friends and family. And for me, it's also a great way to connect with other realtors. I think that Connecting with other realtors has been one of the most important things in my career since the beginning because I, I learned from other realtors. Other realtors learned from me. We, my first friends that I've made in Miami who are still my great friends today were all realtors. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think it's so important to connect with them. And yeah. social media is such an easy way to connect with realtors from all around the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So social media for me is one of the biggest parts of my business. It's part of my business model. It's part of my business plan. I 
I'm very careful with how I manage my social media. I want to make sure that I always have content, not mm-hmm. only content about business, but also about my personal life. Because when people like me as a person, they will like me for me, not me just for my business, right? Right, right. So give us some some very, very tactical things of what you do to incorporate social media into your business plan and your marketing plan. Yeah, for sure. So I... I'm very into aesthetics when it comes to just listed, just sold and things like that. So, and you know, we're very lucky at Compass. We have amazing templates, but I like to get creative when it comes to that. So for every single listing that I get or every listing that I sold, or if I close with a buyer, even for a rental, I make sure that there's going to be a couple of posts about it already created and some stories, whether it's like a video story or, you know, just a regular picture story. It's very, very important for me to post these a couple of times a week, but also I post more personal stuff than business. So I think the ratio is probably like three out of five personal. Mm -hmm. So like, let's say out of five posts, three of them are personal, two of them are business. When it comes to my story, it's way more personal. I'll have Mm -hmm. days that you'll have a bit more business. Let's say I'm doing showings all day. I'm documenting the showings that I'm doing, but most of it is personal, and I found that the results were much better when I started doing that. Because at first, when I did it, I was like, okay, let me just put real estate stuff, and I wasn't getting engagement as much mm-hmm. as when I started posting myself. You know, I would see that I'll do a post with like a just listed or whatever, and I would get, let's say, 50 likes. And then I post a photo of me and my daughter, and I'm getting 400 likes. Yeah. And I realized people like that more, right? And people yeah. like to do business with people they they like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I said that's a good way to to see who has similar interest in me, right? Or even when I'm posting a show that I'm watching, you, you would be surprised at how many people respond to when I'm posting like a crappy reality TV show that I'm watching. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone's responding. They're like, oh my God, I don't like this girl either. And like, it's like, yeah. it just creates really awesome conversations. So, and yeah. at the end of the day, it's free. Yeah. Yeah. And do you, um, uh, the, oh, uh, my question is, have you always been comfortable creating content that features you or was that a transition? So it's interesting because, and I, I probably said it's interesting like a million times during this <laughs> <No> recording because <laughs> it really is interesting. You asked really good questions. Um, so no, I haven't uh, been uncomfortable posting about myself just because fun fact, like two fun facts of my past. Number one, in 2007, I was a pageant winner. Uh-huh. So I won Beauty <laughs> Canada in 2007. And also in 2013, which is the year before I moved to Miami and the year before mm-hmm. I had my daughter, I won a cooking show on television in Canada. Oh, like, uh-huh. Because I love cooking, but it was like an amateur like competition and I won. Yeah. yeah. So I've had since I would say the 2005, 2006, I've been in like in, in fields where I, or I had hobbies where I had to promote myself. Right. Right. So even, you know, when you're doing a pageant, even before the day of the pageant, there's a lot of promotion that goes on. Right. Mm-hmm. And at the time, it was more like MySpace and uh-huh. <laughs> Facebook was Friendster. Kind of 
right? Like Facebook was just starting. You had to have yeah. a. I don't know if you're how old you are, but I'm. I don't know. People give. I we're about I the same. We're probably. We're I'm. I'm thirty two. I'm thirty. I'm thirty three. So we're like the same okay, age. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, awesome. So we're like the same. So you're in the same generation. So remember yeah. when Facebook, you had to have like a college email? Oh, yes. Yeah. That's right. So it was more like MySpace at the time. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was more like, and no, High Five had died down, I think, at the, at the time. But like MySpace was really big in those years. So yeah. I had to kind of like self-promote a lot. And yeah. at the time, there were a lot of like forums. Remember uh-huh. the community yep. forums? Yes. Yes. So I had to be like, hey, guys, vote for me for for this pageant. And it was my first time ever doing a pageant in my life. So I didn't know what the heck I was doing, but I knew that I had to to go on there and always respond to people and talk a lot for people to know who I was. And, you know, we had to sell tickets and make sure that it was a good event. So, you know, from that moment, I really understood the the power of self-promotion. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that has always helped me in any field. It, it's helped me get mm-hmm. jobs. It's helped me with real estate, moving to Miami, just knowing how to act on social media, knowing how to portray yourself online. I just understood how important it was. You know, people are going to Google you. Yeah. They're going to look mm-hmm. for you. I've and had since... clients that told me I looked you up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course. And since... Um... Since you have been doing very, very public endeavors and projects for a really long time and doing this very intentional self-promotion, what are some, a couple of things that you've learned about how to do self-promotion best? Yeah. I mean, the one of the things I learned is that, and I learned it the hard way, it has to be consistent. Mm-hmm. I've had moments where... I would have a lot of engagement and then I don't post for a week because I'm going to personal things or because I'm too busy with work. And then you see that you lose followers. Right. Right. So I learned the hard way about being consistent. And I also learned the hard way that although you are sharing some personal stuff, mm-hmm. it's important to not always sugarcoat everything and I understood the importance of being more transparent and sometimes sharing some struggles. And I've learned that people relate even more to that. Sure. So just to give you an example, I used to be super embarrassed to say I was a single mom. I used to Mm -hmm. never talk about it. I used to just not even post my daughter that much just because it was I was still in the victim mentality of things. And I was still kind of like, oh, my God, you know, I'm like the single black mother. It's a freaking stereotype right so I'm like oh I don't know how to go about it or how to talk about it and then when I started being open about it and sharing that hey I am a single mom hey I'm working and this is my daughter and this is my life and I came here and I didn't know anyone again just being vulnerable and sharing your struggles it opened up a whole new world mm-hmm. and I made even more friends and I met even more people when more interesting people when I started being vulnerable. So a lesson on social media is that you can't always it can't always just be perfection because it's not true. Yeah. Nothing in life is perfect. And when you share your your struggles or what you've learned from it or what you're going through, it's like if you want to connect with people, you'll connect with them even more. Mm hmm. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, and before I have, I have a, another question about connecting and building relationships. But before I do, if your social media feed is a reality show, what character would you be? What's that reality? You know how they are. There's all these yeah, like reality yeah, yeah. show archetypes. What what archetype would you be? I think I would be the the really cool realtor who likes uh-huh. to eat a lot <laughs> and that likes to travel and who's usually in a good mood. Most of the time I'm in a really good mood. So I'm smiling a lot on my photos just because I'm usually I'm a happy go lucky person. I'm not difficult or complicated and you can put me in any country or any situation and I'll figure things out. Right. So Uh I think that my feet is just like, Hey, she's a realtor and she's in a good mood and she's probably eating something. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Um, And so you, you talked a lot about how social media um, has been such a great space for networking and building relationships. Yeah. Um, And I'm curious to know, a little bit more about that, a little bit more about how you actually build relationships online. What does engagement look like? Um, how do you stay really vulnerable and present in engagement online? So I think that communication, and I've mentioned it before that people engage more when you post the most random non-real estate stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have just posted the Miami lifestyle a lot, right? So I live here and especially at the beginning, I'm still in that phase where I'm still discovering it, right? It's five years isn't enough. I'm still looking at new restaurants and I'm still discovering neighborhoods to this day that I'm like, uh, I've been driving here for years and I've never noticed this little pocket, right? So I think sharing your journey and not just the real estate stuff and sharing things that you really like will make others connect with you. For example, there's a realtor. He's a good surfer. He's in Malibu. He's actually at Compass, right? Jordan, his name is Jordan. So he's always sharing when he's going to, to surf and when he's discovering a beach or when he's traveling to go to surf. And I'm pretty sure that's connected him with a bunch of other surfers or people who enjoy watching surfing, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But had he only posted real estate, real estate, real estate, no one would know that he actually likes to surf. And maybe some of the conversations that he's had about his surfing wouldn't have happened. So for me, it's really about sharing my journey and even the little things, like even whether it's a nice restaurant or like a, a window where they serve hot dogs, uh-huh. I'm sharing yeah. everything and I'm laughing yeah. at it. Yeah. And another thing that I do that's kind of funny and I'm like, you know, sometimes I, I do it and I say, oh, wow, I'm going to get in trouble one day for that. So I have this whole thing where when a listing has crappy photos and horrible photos, I'm taking a video of the photos and I'm doing like a, a commentary. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's usually pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some, you know what, how some realtors will take a photo of the bathroom and then they appear in the mirror. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'll, t- <laughs> I'll take a video and I'll be like, hey, Kenny, how are you? Nice shirt, you know? Now I definitely want this apartment. <laughs> so what it's created is that now realtors from all over, when they're on their MLS and they're, they see crappy photos, they'll post it and they'll tag me. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> they'll send me the photo. They'll be like, oh, my God, here's one, right? 
right. So mm-hmm. it's something that I say, I always said, well, if those realtors find me, they're going to want to kill me. <laughs> 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 but then it's the funniest thing. And my commentary, that's really how I am. I'm always making, like, if, if I'm making fun of something, it's, it's, it's part of my personality. So right. other realtors now are connecting with me because of how I'm making fun of. <laughs> yeah. Oh, photos. I love that. <laughs> And it's real. I mean, these are these are these are things that we see all the time. But also, it's like it's I'm surprised that at this point, realtors would ever even do that, that right? anymore. <laughs> like, I can't believe that this is still. And I'm like, has someone told them? <laughs> it's 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 baffling to me. Oh my gosh, so I love that. So too. Yeah. Um. Not in San Francisco. Uh. In San Francisco. Y- the bar is pretty high when it comes to nice. um, pretty much happen. all of marketing. Um, but yeah, but I think other parts of the Bay Area, yeah, you can you can see it. <laughs> it's hilarious because I thought of it too when I came to Miami. I'm like, oh, for sure that yeah. people are on top of it. Listen, there's $1.5 million listings that the realtor will be in his car the only oh. photo on the MLS, he's in his car and he took the photo with his cell phone and you can see the rear view mirror. Yeah, oh my gosh. And that's the only photo. And there's a gate in front of the house, so you don't even see the house. Wow. And sometimes I wonder, I'm like, did, did the sellers know? Do they know what's going on? I don't think so. I think yeah. they're like in another yeah. country and they think everything is being well ha- handled here in Miami. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, I'm always making fun of that. And I don't really care if those realtors are mad at me. I'm gonna be more mad at them for the photos that they took. So yeah, I mean, and it's about professionalism at the end of the day. So I am curious, what are three things that you think any and all realtors can do more of to thrive? And that could be on anything when it comes to social media or. Um, or uh, networking or marketing, whatever it is, what are three things that you think all realtors can do to thrive? So the number one thing, and that's something that I, it's not something I'll just say, but I actually practice it and I've seen the difference of it in my life and in my career. Number one is that I think every single realtor should have some type of coaching or mentorship or let's say a program online that's helping them learn. Mm-hmm. Because in this profession, I find that there's a huge difference between those who do that or do have a mentor right. or some type of coaching and those who don't. Right. And the second thing, I would say that to, to not sleep on social media, and I know that uh, COVID has reinforced that. Mm-hmm. I know some realtors who struggled um, when everything was shut down in, during COVID because all they did were open houses and door knocking you have to get on social media. It's not in 2020. It shouldn't even be something that we should be talking about. It should be automatic. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when it comes to social media, making sure that you're consistent, that you're always on it, you're always posting at least a couple of times a week, whether it's a post or a story, because at the beginning, you won't see the results. You won't see that people are engaging. But after a couple of months, you're going to see it's going to be a totally new world where not only are you going to get some clients, but you're going to connect with amazing other people that could either become friends or business partners in in the long run or whatnot, just the importance of social media. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing I would say is to be authentic. 
be yourself. Don't try to be those girls on Selling Sunset. That's not who you are. <laughs> okay? Don't uh-huh. try to be Frederick Eklund. E- Frederick Eklund is who he is with his accent. Like, that's his personality. You have to be yourself. Because you're going to want to work with people who like you as a person. And I've learned that again. Another thing I learned the hard way, when you work with someone that you already don't get along with from the get-go or have nothing in common, it's usually not a very pleasant transaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So being authentic, listen, I have, um, there's a realtor in my office. She sells more than anyone that I know in Miami. She's one of, she's like, she's number one in Florida. Her name is uh, Liz Hogan. She's amazing. And this girl dresses like herself. She doesn't overdo it. Or, you know, the other day she'll wear sneakers. Like she's, but she's amazing at what she does. So there's other realtors in Miami who are amazing and that, you know, they'll wear, like they have this signature Hawaiian shirt, right? That they wear at showings, let's say. Just be yourself. People know me as the one that at the beginning when they first meet me, I look really nice. And then the rest of the transaction, I'm in sneakers. Uh (laughs) Everyone knows that. Every one of my clients, they're like, when we first met you for showings and everything, you were like very cute with heels. And then as we went, it's like the sneakers just became more consistent. And, uh-huh, and yeah. my clients are like, we love that because now we can, we feel comfortable wearing our sneakers and knowing we don't have to dress up for showings, right? Yeah. Yeah. And just me at the beginning, even me telling, being authentic with my clients and letting them, letting them know, hey, is it okay if I bring my daughter? Because I have no one to watch her. And I've had some clients go, oh, my God, thank God, because we had no one to watch our kid. Can we bring our kid to? Yeah. So just number one, get some type of mentorship. Number two, social media is important. And number three, be yourself. Awesome. Awesome, awesome stuff. What do you love most about being a realtor? I love human interaction. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I really love human interaction. I cannot be in an office all the time. I really like talking to people. So real estate is great for that. And But my absolute favorite thing is to visit properties. If I could only just visit houses all day, I would do it. I love it. I And you know what? My mom told me when I was a kid, like five, six years old, I would put the TV channel. Remember how back in the days there was a channel and the listings would just play all day? So my mom said that I used to watch that channel all the time Oh, <laughs> as a kid. Yeah. So I really like looking at pretty houses and looking yeah. at properties and visiting them. Yeah. So I think that's my favorite part. Oh, I love it. And um, what, need, what do you think needs to be done either right now or in the long term to bring more young folks of color into our profession? So I think that it's important to show more of people of color in our profession, whether it comes to the real deal. We need to see more people of color on panels. We need to see more people of color featured in articles. This is something that frustrates me sometimes when I'll look at like the, at the Inman summit or whatever event that they have the luxury. And then you see the panelists and there's not one person of color or they may have one and it's always the same guy. Right. Right. How about diversifying that? Bring on more people of color. Bring on people of other nationalities. Bring on other women. Mm -hmm. So unless we're seen more publicly on those panels and, you know, in the press, then of course it's going to scare people away. 
right? Or some people might get into the profession and think they can only service one type of client, right? Right. Or just one specific neighborhood when there are people of color that do different neighborhoods or that do the million dollar listings in Miami Beach. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Sarah, how can people find you? You guys can find me on social media everywhere. It's Sarah Desimores. Add me on Facebook. Like my page on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram. Thank you. Thank you to the joyous Sarah Desimores of Miami, Florida. I thank Sarah for offering up her stories and especially that magnetic and charismatic energy of hers. And as always, I thank you for tuning in to another episode of Thoughtful Realtor Podcast. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. And if you've got a friend or a colleague who might benefit from this episode, please share because we're all about spreading the love. Until next time, bye.